Good to see you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Good morning to everyone. It's good to be here. I just left uh, the other campus and uh, always good to come back to uh, California. Uh, kind of reminds me of Mississippi a little bit in that uh, the beautiful weather. Uh, we have some beautiful weather back home, probably about 70 degrees as well. But um, I have a question for you. Have you uh, been mistaken for anyone else lately? Uh, I was at the supermarket a few days ago, and this young lady comes up to me, and she slaps me on the shoulder, right? And she says, Louis, how are you? I'm thinking, Louis, my name starts with a J. I'm not Louis. On other occasions, I have... Uh, been approached and maybe in the airport and, and someone will say to me, has anyone told you you look like Denzel Washington? <laughs> I'm thinking, man, the farthest thing from looking like Denzel Washington, right? And you know how it is, you get those kinds of um, uh, reactions from time to time. Well, today we wanna talk a few minutes uh, from the book of Ephesians. And one of the things that is typical of the Apostle Paul is that he, in all of his, his epistles, uh, he tries to help the young church to know who they are. You know, for instance, if you've, if you've read uh, any of his uh, epistles, you'll, you know that it's typical of him to, in the very beginning, to talk about doctrine and in the last half to talk about duty, right? Or to look at one's identity in the first half of the book and then to move to how we ought to live in the second half of the book. Well, he does the same thing in the book of Ephesians and, and I was looking at that uh, book recently and, and I noticed here uh, a couple of different things. First of all, in chapter one, verse one and two, verses one and two, uh, chapter Ephes Ephesians chapter one, Verse 1, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful. I read the book uh, several times, and, and I noticed that in the book, Paul uses the word saint nine times. You ought to go back and read that and look at that. And from my understanding, anytime something, something is referenced multiple times, it, mean, it means that it's important. But then also, I moved on and I noticed Paul used another word multiple times. For instance, in chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you were called. And having done a little study on that verse, I noticed that Paul uses a second term multiple times. And that term is a term walk. He uses the term walk five times in the book of Ephesians, at least five times. So I began to think, he uses the word saint nine times. He uses the word walk five times. So there must be some importance to these two terms. 
Probably the importance is the fact that he wants us, first of all, to know who we are, that we're called out ones, or better yet, we're saints, those that God has set apart from the world and worldliness and sin, and, but set apart unto himself for his use. And then knowing who we are, he says we're to walk a certain way. Of a lifestyle should be different from those who are not believers, right? Some of us know the name <clears throat> Rick Warren. Rick Warren, uh, I, I was noticing a quote uh, by Rick Warren, and this is, this is what Rick said. He said, those of us who are Christians we must abandon any image of ourselves that's not from God. We must stop accepting what others have to say about us, how others have labeled us, how others have defined us. He goes on to say that it is imperative that we believe not what others say about us or the designation we've given ourselves, but we're to believe what God has said about us. God says that we are saints. Now, we need to be careful with that word because we can get in a little trouble, you know, when I... Um, use that word saint here, um, or when Paul uses the word saint, it's unlike what the general understanding is. For instance, the term saint is generally understood to mean a person who has been recognized as having an exceptional degree of holiness or likeness to God. Our person formally recognized or canonized by an ecclesiastical body after they die, after death, who even may be the object of veneration and prayers for intercession. Now, all we're doing here, and uh, I'm not, don't mean to be offensive in any way, we're only just defining it as uh, a Webster would define it, right? The term saint. Whereas... When Paul, the Apostle Paul uses the term and the Holy Scriptures use the term designation is used in a different sense, meaning the term in Ephesians 1 and even in other books in the New Testament is derived from a Greek word, hagios, which means consecrated to God, a set apart for God's use. The term saint, as the apostle Paul uses it, never refers to deceased ones or those whom prayers are to be offered. Now, when Paul uses it, saints, as Paul uses the term, are living individuals who have placed their faith in the, in the redemptive work of Christ and dedicated themselves to the worship and service of the one true God as revealed through his son, Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, the word saint refers to everyone who by salvation has been sanctified, set apart from sin, and now in Christ, and also set apart for God's use. So Paul says to the Ephesians, and in the midst of some of the foolishness that they were involved in, I need to remind you who you are. You are saints. But as I, as I said earlier, he also uses the term walk. Chapter 4, 1 through 6. Chapter 4, 17 through 18. Chapter 5, 1 through 1 and 2. But I want to read one, another passage that deals with the word walk. It has the word walk in it. Chapter 5, verse is 8 and 9. Notice what he says in verses 8 and, ten, uh, eight and 9 of chapter 5. He says, for at, at one time you, Ephesians, saved Ephesian Christians, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. There are a lot of exhortations uh, that, that centered around the word walk in this book, in the book of Ephesians. But we want to focus just for a moment on the one passage that we read earlier. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 5 through 19. We read it already where we're instructed as saints, as children of the light even, to walk circumspectly, not as fools. The Bible uses the word fools. Don't walk as fools. Let's ask ourselves for a moment, what does that word circumspect means, mean? The word basically means to exercise caution in our living. To give details, excuse me, to give attention to the details of our life. Don't just live, Paul is saying. Know the specifics of God's will for you in every area of your life. The ESV version puts it like this. Look carefully then how you live. Look carefully as to how you walk. Husbands, wives, parents, church members, employees, employers, citizens, look carefully. Consider how you're walking. Most of us know the name A.A.W. Tozer. He has a quote that I like. A.W. Tozer says, we must face the fact that many people today are notoriously careless in their living. This has even found its way into the church, careless living. We take the attitude that we have liberty, we have money, we have luxury, and as a result, discipline has practically disappeared from among Christians even. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to a dentist, I want one who takes care and caution. 
I went to a dentist once, you all, and, 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 and I made the mistake of setting the appointment just before his lunch hour. And he was trying to get out to meet a, a lunch engagement. And I said to him, I said, Doc, I don't think it's dead yet. He said, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> well, Doc, I'm the one who's feeling it. It's not, he said, oh, I know, let me shoot a little bit more. And this time it didn't even go in my gum. It went somewhere else, right? And he comes in and, and without any care or caution, he pulls my tooth. Sometimes we live that way as Christians, right? We live careless lives. God doesn't want us to live careless lives. Thank you, A.W. Tozer, for that wonderful reminder. I believe Paul, as we look at this exhortation, Paul wants the believers to make a thorough check of the way they're living, to be sure they are walking circumspectly, a careful lifestyle, one that God would be pleased with. I'm 55 years old now, and I'm sensing a greater desire to live a life that God is pleased with. On a daily basis, what matters most to me is knowing that my life is pleasing to God. The others really doesn't matter. Why is it that we Christians are to live a careful and exact life? One, there's, a, there's the subtlety of darkness all around us. We need to be watchful. There's the subtle, seductive works of darkness. Give you an example. I was watching television with my grandkids, my seven and my three-year-old, and we were watching one of the Nickelodeon stations, and wonderful uh, channel. Uh, you know, I love the channel, but, but this particular day, I noticed they began to talk about the you-doo doll. So they went on to say that this is a you-doo doll, Pastor Sam, and it says that if you stick this doll, the person that the doll looks like will feel the stick. So I'm thinking, you do doll, that sounds a whole lot like voodoo doll. Do you see the subtle, seductive works that are crowding in on us, especially our children? Don't assume that television and internet is innocent. Some of y'all will like this. Pastor Sam is to help me with my phone because I, I got a virus on it, and he's laughing already before I even tell the story. But I was up early one morning, Mike, and this is the truth. This is truth, the truth now. I was up early one morning doing some work on a sermon. So I had typed into my phone the conduct of a Christian. And the face of four women women's popped up on my phone. So I'm thinking, now what does four women have to do with the conduct of a Christian? My wife was asleep back in the back room, so you know, I'm in a rush. I got all my, my have commentaries and all around on the table. And so I, I, I hit my phone to clear, clear it, but I hit the edge of one of the pictures. So my phone goes, wow, man, it starts singing. 
In five minutes, your phone is going to shut down and you're going to lose all your information. And I'm not tech savvy. So I have to go in. My wife is tech savvy and I don't want to lose all my information. So I got to go in first and wake her up. And then at the bottom of the phone, it says, your phone has acquired a virus for being on an adult website. So I got to go in and wake her up. And so I'm praying as I walk. <laughs> Carolyn, would you help me with this? What's wrong, honey? <laughs> I said, baby, you may not believe it. <laughs> Please believe it. <laughs> and I got a virus. Well, how did you get a virus? <laughs> well, I, I was... I really was. I was studying for a sermon. <laughs> but do you see, again, the subtle, seductive works of darkness? Rick Warren said, uh, you know, again, I just happened to hear, hear him talk. He says when he goes off on traveling trips, first thing he does is call downstairs and tell them to turn the TV off. Just shut the power down because he knows the seductive, the subtle seductive. But then also, Paul, he goes on. Another reason why we are to desire to live careful and exact lives is because unbelievers are watching us. Through us, people see Jesus. Through us, people are drawn to the Lord, or the opposite. Then the third reason why we ought to want to live a careful and exact life is because we want God's approval. We want God's approval more than anything, anything else. Pastor Sam, how much time do I have? Because I don't want to, five minutes? Okay. All right. I don't want to get going here and, and tell the other campus, well, I'm sorry, didn't make it back, you know. Yeah, they can wait. <laughs> okay, they can sing some more songs. Pastor Sam. <laughs> Listen to this, you all. We used to live in a society that respected and even promoted the Christian faith, but not so anymore. We now live in a society that is intolerant of our faith and our Christian voice, a place where the Bible is not absolute anymore, where relativism reigns and violence is prevalent. Pleasure is the reason for living. That's the society that we live in. So we must be mindful and desire to live that careful and exact life. How can we apply some of this? Well, the same passage, look carefully then how you live, not as fools, it says. How, well, not to live as fools, but as wise people. There's a, a companion scripture, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 16. It says, a wise man fears God and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. He lives apart from God and God's laws. Remember, do you remember the rich ruler in the New Testament? He was self-confident. This is what I, I grew this. I'm going to tear these barns down. I'm going to build me bigger barns. And it was all the personal pronouns, I and me. Proverbs 28, verse 26 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he but he, he uh, excuse me, but he who heeds counsel 
is wise. A fool is one who's wise in his own eyes. He won't listen to anyone. He thinks he's the only one with answers. But then quickly, it says that we're to re be redeeming the times. How, how, how is this flushed out, living wisely? One, not as fools. Secondly, learning to redeem the time. This basically means to live carefully, excuse me, to live carefully and with precision or with caution is to properly use one's time. To properly use one's time. To redeem the time then means to make the most of every opportunity. Looking for opportunities. Listen to this. To glorify God. Looking for opportunities to bless your family, to bless your church members, to do good to those who are on the outside of the household of God. He goes on to say that we're to be redeeming the time because the days are evil. These are evil days that we live in. Listen to the news if you don't believe me. These are days where Satan is pressuring people where some are choosing to take their life. We had a, a, a thing to happen to us in Mississippi and we, um, we work with at-risk children going to the jails and we have long-term, a 10-year program where we start with kids when they're seven years old. And we had a mom to come to us and, and it was during a time when I was super busy I had a lot going on, Pastor Sam, and, and she needed to talk. And, 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 and so I'm thinking, wow, this is the wrong time to want to talk. But ministry, listen to this, God gives us ministry opportunities, especially during those times when we think we are too busy. Did not know, but the lady was contemplating suicide. And we took time to pray with that lady, and she went home. She called us back a week later, and she said, you all don't know, but first let me thank you for being willing to take some time, take time with me. I was thinking about taking my life last week when I was here with you, but because you all took time and prayed with me, I decided not to take my life. Man, chills went all down my back. We'll be looking for those opportunities, right? Taking advantage of the time allotted period that God has given each one of us. See, all of us have just allotted time on this earth. And there are things that he will allow to happen in your opportunities to glorify him. And we need to take advantage of those. As I close, two statements. One, those of us who are forgiven by God through the blood of Jesus Christ should live with great care and caution before him and for him. We who are so blessed by God must not forget our God-given identity. Yes, we're saints, we're children of God, and there's so many other designations for those who and live accordingly. We want to learn to live up to whatever our identity is. Now, I'll close with this. My mother, I'm here today because of my mother. My mom passed away about two years ago. I learned a lot from mom, and mom would always say to us growing up, don't forget what your last name is. Your identity is, therefore you ought to live such and such. Thank y'all for this opportunity. Always good to be in Southern California, and I want to invite all of y'all to come to, notice that y'all, invite all of y'all to come to Kent, Mississippi. Thank you. Love you.